All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Come on. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice. Okay. Ask him to walk. Be nice. If you won't walk, walk him. But be nice. If you can't walk him, one of the others will help you, and you'll both be nice. I want you to remember that it's a job. It's nothing personal. Uh-huh. And called a cocksucker in personal? No. It's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. I wonder if somebody calls my mama a whore. <laughs> Is she? <laughs> Problem in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if a problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Roadhouse, which was released in the US on May 19th, 1989, and the UK on June 19th, 1989, and Ireland November 10th, 1989. It was written by Hilary Hankin and directed by Rowdy Harrington. It stars Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott, Ben Gazzara, Red West, Kevin Teague? Teague? Teague. I think so. And Jeff Healy. It's either Teague or Ty. Maybe it's Ty. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, Locks, Dad, and Lost. What can happen is this. Jen and I thought three problems. This movie has three each and one positive. Uh, and the synopsis is thus. A legendary bouncer comes to restore order at a notorious bar um, but runs afoul of a ruthless crime boss who controls the town with his useless fucking henchmen. Um, I added the useless fucking henchman bit from a synopsis I took from Google. Uh, so, Jen, you haven't watched it with this movie. No, never seen it. Well, I bought no. it when I was super obsessed with um, Kevin Smith and his podcast because he and Scott Mosher did mm-hmm. a commentary. And then I never got around to watching it. So now I can finally watch it. <laughs> but at the time, any content where Kevin Smith was talking was for me. Yeah. But other than that, no history. Yeah. Oh, well, the other night I was at the bar, and my friend uh, David was like, what's what's that on the screen? And I looked, and I was like, I think it's Roadhouse. And it was. And I was like, I can't I can't look at this right now. Like, I had to kind of turn turn away. And he kept trying to trick me into looking in that direction. So that, But I was like, no spoilers. <laughs> like, what are the odds Roadhouse was going to be on TV at the bar the same week I watch it? That is strange. That is strange. Um, well, my history is my mum fancied the pants off of Patrick Swayze, loved Dirty Dancing, and rented this out on um, DVD, VHS back in, it must have been late 89, maybe um, 90, I don't know. But she rented it out, and I watched it underage. <laughs> um, 
and uh, just kind of loved it and watched it ever since. I used to think this movie was the coolest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> I used to think Dalton was so cool. Um, and this still kind of is quite, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Anyway, I'll just ask you what you thought of the movie then, Jen. Um, so I was talking to Dylan about it earlier, and I was like, you know, with these movies I haven't seen before, I really should watch them twice. Because unless they're really bad, like uh, 48 hours, um, mm-hmm. I usually just sit there and watch them and enjoy them. And then I'm like, oh, no, I don't have problems. And I think a second time <laughs> I'd probably be able to find problems. But the first time I'm just sitting there kind of enjoying the movie, you know? Yeah. So I, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. And I appreciated that uh Dalton was uh smaller but like still really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it's considered one of the best bad movies of all time. But I'll dispute that because I don't think it's, no, bad. it's not bad. I just think it's just an enjoyable fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like a a typical eighties sort of it's not quite an action movie, it's more like a a thriller, like an action sort of thriller type thing, more than an out and out action movie. Mm. Uh, but there's obviously action in it. But um, I watched this because last week we were supposed to be recording, and I fell ill. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, Daisy, my niece. She gave me a cold, and because since since I had COVID, any any slight cold I get gives me this really weird cough that just lasts for ages. Mm. And I still have it now, even though it was two weeks ago when I had the cold. I lost my voice when I was supposed to be recording this. So there was no way I could speak. I wanted to record so badly because I loved this movie and I couldn't. Uh, So um, my first problem was written two weeks ago. (laughs) So all I've written is moose lips as an insult. (laughs) Someone calls someone moose lips. And I just thought that was a really weird insult. But I, I can't remember when it said in the movie. <laughs> but that's my first problem. What's your first problem? Um, I mean, I hate to say this because this has been my problem so many times with 80s movies, but gratuitous female nudity. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We don't need so many boobs in this movie. But you, you see Dalton's arse and you see um, uh, Sam Elliott's pubes. So, <laughs> but still, there's a lot of boobs in this movie. There's, there's some. There's not. I wouldn't say there's, there's like a loads. strip club scene, and you see Kelly Lynch's boobs, and then there's that woman uh, that does the weird dance. Um, yeah. The bar, and there's the the woman. The woman has sex with Steve. You see her boobs. Yeah, there's just too many boobs. There's nudity in the the pool scene where they're all running towards the mm-hmm. pool. See, there's a lot. Um, but yeah, there is, there is. But it's it's brief nudity, it's not like... But I, I get you, I get you. It, it's, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is written by a woman. She also wrote uh, Wag the Dog okay. in the 90s, which she was nominated for an Oscar for, okay. and a Golden Globe for that. And she wrote Roadhouse. Uh, so good for her. She also wrote Fatal Beauty, which is a Whoopi Goldberg movie I've been wanting to do in this podcast for such a long time, but it's not available anywhere, mm. so I'm trying my best to get that. Uh, my, one of my problems was going to be quite sort of, I don't know, superficial, it made me sound like a dick. 
but my one of my problems was going to be fake 80s boobs because I'm not a huge fan of fake boobs mm-hmm. in general but 80s boobs are like fake 80s boobs are horrible because they're just like they're like really wide apart and they're they just look like they're balls just under skin and it looks disgusting but the only person who has them in this movie is Kelly Lynch so I didn't put that as my problem can I tell you whose fake boobs really uh distract me whose this is the 90s not the 80s but um Tori Spelling on 90210 right she got the fake boobs her cleavage was really weird like there's this huge space between her boobs and mm. whenever I watch old episodes of 90210, it's all I can look at in her scenes. It's very distracting. Yeah. See, I've got nothing against women um, getting breast enlargements in general. That's perfectly fine. It's your body. Do whatever the fuck you want. But back in the 80s mm. and 90s, they were not nice to look at at all. They've gotten really better now. But, um... But yeah. I mean, all plastic surgery was worse then. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. the women, like the actresses and stuff who got a lot of work done in the 80s and 90s, you can really tell. Whereas mm. I'm sure there are plenty of actresses that have it now, but I can't tell. Like, I'll talk about how great someone <laughs> looks for their age and someone will be like, well, you know, they've had a lot of work done. And I'm like, I can't tell. Uh, You're assuming mm. because we we just can't actually <laughs> tell because it's so good. These days, yeah, it's true. Yeah. The commentary, I listened to the commentary by the director, mm. and he said that the reason that Kelly Lynch is naked in the movie is, she's only naked when she gets out of mm. bed, right? And the only reason for that is because he hates watching movies and seeing women fully dressed in bed, mm-hmm. or like, you know, after you've just had sex, you're not going to put your clothes straight back on, mm. which a lot of movies tend to do. It's like after a sex scene, you'll see the people fully clothed or they're lying in bed with clothes mm-hmm. on. And so he just said to Kelly Lynch, look, you're just going to be naked, getting out of bed, but you'll put the thing over you because you're walking outside and you don't want people outside to see you naked. I mean, I was thinking about that when it happened as I was like, oh, I'm so sick of the nudity in this movie. And I'm like, but it makes sense that she would be naked. Um, that yeah. one does make sense. I just don't necessarily think we need it. <laughs> All the other, I I no. feel like in the eighties there were a lot of scenes in strip clubs, which feels like yeah. it's just an excuse to show boobs. You don't need the naked dance scene by the the woman, uh, Wesley's woman. Mm-hmm. You don't need that dance scene, um, and she disappears from the movie anyway. Mm. You don't see her again after that, really. Yeah, uh, she's not even there when he dies. So, <laughs> you know, she should have killed him. Yeah. It makes sense that it was the townspeople done it, but, you know, he beats her, so, you know, you think that she would have done it. Anyway, my second problem. Um, Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, this is the second part of the Patrick Swayze has a sex scene to a classic 60s song trilogy. Okay. Um, There's Dirty Dancing, This, and Ghost, mm-hmm. but this one actually has the exact same song that's used in Dirty Dancing when he's having the, the, the sexy times. Okay. Which is weird. Um, these arms of mine by Otis Redding. It's mm-hmm. the exact same song in both movies, but then obviously in Ghost, it's um, Unchained Melody. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's a trilogy, trilogy there for you. Anyway, my second problem is um, hiring Tinker. You know the big, the big fat guy mm-hmm. who works for hiring him is anything because he's like the most ineffectual, heavy, 
he's really overweight and he's useless and it, you know I just wouldn't hire him he's just not very good and then the fact that he lives at the end because mm-hmm. he still did a lot of shit yeah so it's like why keep him alive just for a, just for comedic effect so yeah hiring Tinker as anything <laughs> is my second problem okay what's your second problem um I don't like the way uh Garrett is with Doc who also doesn't mm. get a name I just now realized her doc yeah because she's a doc I assume she's a doctor like that's what they call her her name's Elizabeth her name's oh, she does. She's on IMDb. It just says Doc. Yeah, Wade. Wade calls her. Okay, Elizabeth. I couldn't remember. Um, no, Wade. Sorry. Um, uh, uh, the bad guy calls her Elizabeth. I feel like uh, Wade is really inappropriate with Doc when he meets her, and like even saying things like like when she when she walks away and he says uh, she has too many brains to have an ass like that. I'm like, you don't <laughs> say that about your friend's girlfriend. <laughs> like it just. It's one of those, like, you know, they, obviously in the movie, Doc likes him and, mm-hmm. you know, dances with him and stuff. But I'm just like, some dude talks to me like that in real life, like some guy I don't know. I'm going to mm-hmm. be seriously creeped out by him and I'm going to try to get away as soon as possible. Yeah, but I think it's also like a testament to just how, like, Doc is with Dalton, mm-hmm. right? She's with Dalton and it's like she is comfortable enough. To, like dance with this other guy mm-hmm. and Dalton's comfortable enough that you know just to, to quote-unquote let it happen because he mm-hmm. doesn't say anything so I think it's just like a mutual sort of respect type thing but it's like Wade's gonna flirt Wade's gonna flirt he is <laughs> and um mm-hmm. it's gonna happen he's not gonna steal my, my woman away from me it's all right it's this is Wade this is what he does so I think there's that sort of thing there but yeah it is a bit inappropriate he even shows her his pubes <laughs> It is kind of inappropriate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but Wade Garrett is cool as fuck, so I don't really care. <laughs> Sam Elliott's only in this for about 15 minutes total, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't appear to be 49 minutes in, and then after that he's only in it for 15 minutes-ish total. But his presence is so big it feels like it's more... I think he steals the show, yeah. to be honest with you. I think he does. Mm-hmm. Because he's just so damn cool. And my mum fancies the pants off him. <laughs> Especially in this movie. My mum loves him in this movie. But apparently the original cut of this movie was like three and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. And there was more Wade stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was like a scene where he talks about this woman that he blew it with called Rose. Uh, he, he tells Dalton not to make the same mistakes he did. Blah, blah, blah. That scene was cut out. But later on, when Wade dies, and you see Dalton take the knife out of him, mm-hmm. there's blood that pours down a, yeah. pours down his arm, and it runs over a, a tattoo that says Rose. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a callback. I was to that, wondering about he, that because yeah. it seemed like it seemed important, but I was like, "What? What does this tattoo mean? I don't understand." Yeah, the love of his life that he lost. You want to know how I knew he was gonna die? Because <laughs> uh, they had that scene uh, with him and Dalton. And he says, you taught me more than I taught you. And I was like, ooh, that guy's going to die. Like, if they're yeah. having a nice moment and he says something really nice or really wise or whatever, mm-hmm. he's dead. Yeah. Like, I was like, that dude's dead. Calls him mijo, which is Spanish for son. Mm. Which is quite sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's going to die. 
<laughs> yeah, it's so obvious. And am I remembering correctly that um, when Dalton is saying what he wants paid, did he say $500 a night? I think so. That's what I thought. That's Okay, first of all, that's a lot. Just $500 yeah. a night, that's a lot. It's ridiculous. In today's money, mm-hmm. it's $1,133.66. That's a lot per night. A night. That is a lot yeah. a night. Like, I'm just like, this bar can afford to pay him that much every night. That's crazy. It can now, I imagine, now that everyone's... <laughs> and his, uh, his room, it was $100 a week, right? Yeah. Was it a week or a month? Okay. And that's $226.73 in today's money. So that's, that's just a good mm. deal. This guy probably has a huge savings account. He probably does, yeah. Except yeah. for all the repairs to the car. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I like that, though, that he keeps, like, buying used cars. He keeps buying, like, cars that he drives to work because so he, he knows it's going to get wrecked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his, his actual car is preserved somewhere. Uh, I like that. That's quite funny. Yeah. But yeah, I think someone mentions that he has money, that he's rich or something, or he must have a lot of money or something. I can't remember. It's been two weeks since I've watched it. Like, so where are we in problems? Is it my third? Yeah. The cops in this town are useless. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no cops at all until the very end of the movie. Well, they said that uh, Wesley had control over them. Yeah, the... Yeah, Wesley has the cops in his pocket. So why don't the why don't the police arrest everyone involved at the end? Because clearly someone murdered their meal ticket. Mm-hmm. So why would the cops just allow that? Why is there no consequences for that at the end? Because uh, I know it's a movie, movie but <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's just like in that's the that's the answer, isn't it? In movies, it's just like, yeah. hey, we don't know who did it. Well, all right. Like, no, well then. There's a, this is one of many movies where like if you, it's kind of almost ruined if you really think about the investigation that must happen after. Like it's yeah. not like everything's over. Like they're gonna be questioned, <laughs> and someone's yeah. gonna be someone's gonna probably get arrested, and um, it's gonna be a whole thing. But we never see that. It's kind of like um, the really smart thing with the movie The Other Guys is like acknowledging mm. all the paperwork that happens. That we don't yeah. see in these movies. I'm re- I was reminded watching this that even though all the shit that um, Wesley does to everyone, mm-hmm. it's actually Dalton who kills first mm-hmm. because he kills Jimmy, the over-the-top um, henchman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he murders him by ripping his throat out. <laughs> so he's actually the one who murders the other side first. Mm-hmm. I think Wesley had the right to be a little bit pissed off. Yeah. That, killing Jimmy would make more, it's weird saying that name, um, killing Jimmy would make more sense to me if Emmett died in an explosion, mm-hmm. rather than him rescuing Emmett from the house after his house blows up, and the old man being perfectly fine even though he was just in an explosion. Mm-hmm. If Emmett died in that scene, then I would think, yeah, that would absolutely justify him ripping that guy's throat out. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have been that side killed first. Yeah. So, but it didn't happen that way. So what is your third problem? The ending felt a little abrupt. Like, yeah. they're all like, we we didn't see anything, we didn't see anything. And then you see them swimming, and then the band plays the roadhouse. And it just it just felt felt like there needed to be something else there, some other scene there at the end or something. Yeah, a funeral for Wade, mm-hmm. maybe. 
or even just a scene of like like i know that the swimming like kind of indicates like maybe he stays or whatever but maybe a scene where he talks about staying or or something there's just it just mm-hmm. when it was over i was like wait what is that it mm-hmm. i was i was a little confused i was like did i miss something was i not paying attention yeah it does end very quickly yeah, because they're all just sort of standing there laughing at Tinker being an idiot because mm-hmm. a polar bear fell on him. Um, but yeah, there's nothing else after that. It's just swimming and then Cody, played by Jeff Healy, is actually behind them when they're jumping into the water. He's sitting on the, oh, he he's sitting in the background. Okay. I think he's got his guitar. I'm not 100% sure, but it's weird that he's there. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming maybe that scene was a bit longer. Yeah. Maybe they spoke to him or something before jumping into the the pool mm. into the pool into the the water. Um, but yeah, it does end quite abruptly. But a few movies did do that. Mm-hmm. Like Tango and Cash ends quite abruptly, if I recall correctly. In I fact, it does. That. I remember. Yeah, but I'm going to pick it one day. Um, <laughs> Patrick Swayze was actually up for a role in that movie, but he turned it down for this movie. Okay. Um, he was going to play Kurt Russell's role in um Tango and Cash. So I'm going to pick Tango and Cash one day. Uh, anyway, my positive is that loft apartment is pretty sweet. I like that loft apartment that Dalton had. Mm-hmm. That Emmett gave him for $100 a week or whatever it was. Pretty nice. What's your positive? <laughs> That's a weird positive. <laughs> I couldn't. I can't keep saying an actor. Mm-hmm. I can't keep saying the soundtrack. I can't, you know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to change what I say. It's not, I want, don't want it to be repetitive. So the loft apartment was nice. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I'll say, like, I'll, I'll be opposite you and I will say an actor. I'll say Patrick Swayze just because, honestly, I haven't seen that many Patrick Swayze movies. So, like, mm. I was never a fan just because... I mean, why would I be if I hadn't seen his movies? And mm. watching him in this made me want to watch more because he has a he has a very good presence. Yeah. Um, he really sells that Dalton is like, unless forced otherwise, is a peaceful person and is a nice person. And yeah. I don't know that everybody could have pulled that that off with. I mean, like him pulling that off, he pulls it off without even saying anything. You mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. So I like Patrick Swayze. He barely speaks in the first like half hour yeah. of the movie. Yeah. I like Patrick Swayze. I like a lot of his movies. There hasn't been a lot of great movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick one day a movie of his called Next of Kin, mm-hmm. um, which he plays a cop. Uh, it was made the year after this, the same year as Ghost. Okay. Um, he was in a, a, a movie called Next of Kin. And there's so many famous people in that that weren't famous at the time. Uh but they, they went on to be famous. Ben Stiller's in that movie. Uh, and it's and it's not a comedy role. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pick Next to Kin someday. Because okay. it's not great, but it's one that I remember fondly. <laughs> yeah, we're running short, but I'm just going to have to go through some uh, some notes that I have. Um, Listen to the commentary. I also sort of put on, there was a trivia track okay. that gave up like just bits of trivia. I didn't watch, I didn't do it all because I wanted to put the subtitles on so I could read the dialogue again. Um, so, but like, according to the trivia track, Dalton's first name is James. Okay. James Dalton. That's a good name. James Dalton. Yeah. 
It's never said in the movie, but apparently according to the original script, according to the script, it's James. So, there you go. But the trivia tracks also says stuff like, um, when Dalton's in his car, just when he's driving to the Double Deuce at the beginning, he puts in a tape into the tape deck in his car. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trivia track says, these, these were called cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those smart ass trivia tracks that I quite like. You know what I, you know what I love? Mm. Uh, more and more artists are putting their albums out on cassette. Um, it's, yeah. you can only get them on their website, but like, uh, just the other day I had an ad on Facebook for Lizzo's new album on cassette and I have the latest killers album on cassette and like, nice. and that's the thing is like, once I sell my house and I have a little more disposable income, <laughs> um, mm. I'll probably start doing that more because I like, I like owning albums, but if anything, I like supporting, you know, artists I like. Yeah. But I listen to everything streaming. So like getting the killers album on cassette it's just like i have all their albums on cd like i own them all in some form and i was like i still want to own it but might as well just get this because this is kind of cool um yeah. i also saw bo burnham has inside on cassette and i want that um <laughs> i just think it's kind of cool yeah cassettes are coming back in the uk uh the store hmv mm-hmm. you can actually get cassettes there great i mean cassettes aren't the best but yeah. you know it's still sort of it's absolutely a nostalgia thing but a few years but, ago yeah, i uh, i got the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack on cassette because that is the mm. format you should have the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack on yeah and i don't even remember where i got it but somehow i ended up getting it and i was like well i'm gonna go we do have a cassette player on our record player but i was like i'm gonna get a walkman and last time i had checked they had them at best buy and i didn't know if they still would but i went into the store and they you know somebody asked to help me and i was like I need a Walkman. And they were like, oh, we don't carry those. And I was like, we'll see. And I ended up finding it. They had one model, exactly <laughs> one model that they sold. But, and then, you know, whenever I hear people talking about like, oh, they wish they had a Walkman or something, I'm just mm-hmm. like, go to Best Buy, but don't ask for help because they're not going to believe that they, they carry they, this. They don't even know what's in their own store. Yeah. Well, why would you think that you carried a Walkman, right? Like, <laughs> But you should know, though. You should know what's in your store. Um, considering how much minimum wage is here, I don't expect anybody to know shit. Like, True. I don't care unless Fair enough. unless they're like insulting me or something, which doesn't happen. I don't care if a clerk is rude to me because they are not mm-hmm. getting paid enough to be polite to me. Yeah. So I don't. I honestly, I'm at the point where I don't fault any minimum wage employee for anything mm-hmm. because I'm just like, you're not getting paid enough. Like, you you shouldn't. You shouldn't try very hard. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Dalton stands at the bar um, when he first goes out of Double Juice and you can see the words Buddy's Corner mm-hmm. etched into the post next to him and Buddy was Patrick Swayze's nickname. Oh, okay. Nobody puts Buddy in the corner. Uh, Emmett's house and the barn were both built for the movie. Okay. Uh, they didn't exist. They were built for the movie. Obviously because the house explodes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And also the double deuce, the, original, the, the the first one at the beginning, is also built. It doesn't exist. And the interior was a soundstage. Okay. Um, which makes sense because you do a lot of stunts. There's a lot of stunts in that interior mm-hmm. um, with people fighting and stuff like that. So it makes sense that it was a soundstage. Um, Red West, who plays 
Red. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he used to be Elvis's bodyguard. Really? Yeah, he was he was a very good friend of Elvis and one of his bodyguards, but he had a falling out with Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was over Elvis's like health, like take care of himself, mm-hmm. and they fell out, and then Elvis died. Kelly Lynch had a deal with United Artists, which is how they she got this movie. She was supposed to be the female lead in a Sam Kinison movie, but that movie was cancelled because Sam Kinison was too wild and they couldn't control him, so they never made the movie. Uh, so she got Roadhouse instead. Annette Benning was originally up for the role of Doc. <laughs> she was she had no chemistry with Patrick Swayze. Mm. So she actually got the role, had no chemistry, then got sacked. That sucks. Yeah. But better, I, I have learned better to fire the person with no chemistry. Because I'll tell you what, I love Catherine Zeta-Jones, but I mm. don't think I've seen a movie where she had a romantic interest where I, where they had any chemistry. Like, yeah. I, it's almost painful for me to watch her with a romantic lead because I, I never buy it. I actually think her and Antonio Banderas is chemistry in Zorro. I never saw Zorro. Yeah, I think they do. I think that's the closest I've seen her with having chemistry with someone. Because they usually pa- like give her to people like Sean Connery mm-hmm. and Entrapment. It's like she usually, it's the old Hollywood thing of having younger women with older men, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And like um, Catherine Zeta-Jones always seemed to fall into that sort of trap when she came to Hollywood. And then it happened in real life. Yeah, exactly. Because she and... Why am I blanking Michael Douglas. Her? Yeah, Michael Douglas. She and Michael Douglas, the funny thing is, they have the exact same birthday, so they are exactly 25 years apart. Oh, my God. There you go. Oh, God. So he was, <laughs> he was celebrating his 21st birthday when she was getting dropped. Um, no, she was, he was room. celebrating his 21st birthday, and she wasn't alive, because it's a 25 No, 25. Difference. I said 25. Oh, I thought you said 21. I'm sure I said twenty five. Okay. I'll need I'll need to listen back to the <laughs> to the thing. I'm sure I said twenty fifth. Um. Anyway, uh, what's what's our next movie, Jen? Poison Ivy. Oh my goodness, we're going back to the Drew Barrymore. Yeah, I didn't mean to pick two Drew Barrymore <laughs> movies in a row, but I I was thinking about it a lot when watching Mad Love since it's just like a couple years after. But I've been wanting to do Poison Ivy since uh, the first episode because when we watched The Crush, it kind of reminded me of that. But I didn't want to yeah. do it right away, like a movie so similar to The Crush. And there's one of those things where I just like keep forgetting. And so right, okay. now I'm saying we're doing Poison Ivy because I've been wanting to rewatch it for a really long time. Right. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. I'm sure I can. Um, and I've already picked my movie for next time after that. So, Right. I actually bought a region-free Blu-ray player. Uh, I, I never had one. I wanted one for a while. Mm-hmm. And it plays, you know, American discs. And I've been buying American discs. I bought the Blob. I've been wanting to buy the Blob and Blu-ray for such a long time. Mm-hmm. The, the 1988 remake. I love that movie, and it's never been released in Blu-ray in this country. So I bought a multi-region player so I could buy discs. But also, because Roadhouse, I have Roadhouse on American disc, on um, DVD, because mm-hmm. I used to have a, a multi-region player, and I could watch it. So I bought a multi-region player so I could watch <laughs> Roadhouse. So, and the next movie I'm going to pick as well, because I also have that on disc. <laughs> um, can I say one more thing about Roadhouse? Yeah. 
And yes, please. one of my problems at first was going to be that the women feel like props. Like, they don't feel like anything. But then I remembered Kathleen Wilholt. And I wish she was in it a little more. Because I really like her. And she was, like, the female character that wasn't there for, like, sexy reasons or anything. She was just mm -hmm. quirky server at the bar. Yeah, she... Her role got cut quite a lot, actually, as well. She I wondered about that. Because she seemed like... Especially when she takes in breakfast, I was, like, mm -hmm. expecting more of a friendship with them. Yeah. And then it didn't yeah. really happen. But the director kept her singing, because um, she sings with Jeff Healy. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they kept her, kept that in because she wasn't in it a lot. <laughs> and they were thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll keep that bit in. Yeah, I really... But yeah, because she just basically disappears as well. I really like her. And when I saw her name in the opening credits, I got excited. And um, I actually listened yeah. to an audiobook narrated by her. So at some point, oh, really? I listened to like eight or nine hours in a row of her uh, <laughs> her reading she has a unique voice she does yeah and she's the one that actually ogles um uh dalton's butt yeah. when he goes out of bed so you know equal opportunity but you know there's a lot more boobs <laughs> yeah that's the thing is like there's a butt yeah and then a ton of boobs yeah it's no, never no. even no it's not even at all is it <laughs> Keith David is in this movie briefly, mm -hmm. who's in The Thing. I'm going to think, Peter. <laughs> yeah. um, he was in The Thing and uh, They Live, a few John Carpenter movies and all that. Uh, but he plays the second bartender in this. Um, and his role was cut as well. Because you don't cast like Keith David, who was like a known actor at the time, just to be like the guy in the background yeah. serving drinks. But his role was cut a lot. Which is a bit annoying. I wonder how often, if ever, like, an actor looks at a script and sees how long the movie is going to be and immediately <laughs> knows there's a huge chance they'll get cut. In an interview, Sam Elliott said he was disappointed by how much his role was cut from the movie. Mm -hmm. But he still said he likes the movie, had fun making the movie. Uh, but he did say that there was a lot of weird Garrett that he didn't see. Mm -hmm. But I think, I mean, I don't like that they kill him i understand why they kill him but i do think that we get he does make an impression in that brief amount of time mm -hmm. he's in you know what i mean you do tend to get a lot of what we'd get it actually is to dalton and i cared when he died yeah. and i cared that that dalton was crying when he died mm -hmm. it was that was a really good performance by patrick swayze but yeah anyway that's all we have time for. If you want to follow the podcast on uh, Twitter, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. Uh, if you want to follow me, it's at ShiftyB. The website is shiftybench.co.uk. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Excellent. So thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.